Well, good morning. Good morning. Yes, indeed. Everything is going to be all right. Wow, busy morning for Addy and his show and keeping everybody abreast of what's going on in the Virgin Islands. It's always appreciative. Well, good morning. I'm Paul Dumang. I am your host today of Rotary Wellness Wednesday, your midweek stress relief. Hopefully we can share a little information and some inspiration, as my good friend and co-host, Dr. Marilyn Braithwaite, loves to say, who is still traveling, uh, learning more and more about her industry in which she is a professional in, uh, the whole wellness in, in industry. She's been to conferences, and now she's in Florida, having some special time with her family, which, as we all know, is important. So my goodness, Marilyn, I hope you're safe out there, and I hope I got a smile on your face. It's always great to know you're out there and doing some good things. Always like to start with thanking our sponsors. Um, without them, we would be listening to uh, Carmen Moranga and uh, Louis Armstrong at this very moment. So instead, <laughs> uh, thank you to the Virgin Islands Community Foundation of the Virgin Islands, that is, for their generous donation and grant, and also to Rotary District 7020's Disaster Relief Fund. Um, without the two of them, it, it would be impossible to do what we do. So thank you. Thank you one and all for thinking this is a worthy thing. Um, it is an amazing thing. Today, believe it or not, is our 52nd show. And uh, uh, it's been almost, what, we're coming up on 14, oh my God, what have we got, 20 months ago, post Irma Maria. And we still have plenty to talk about about our life and things going on. I always love to share some information. Good news as well. I mean, obviously, we're all sitting here getting soaked, <laughs> soaking wet. But, you know, look at our island. It's getting green. It's flourishing. The flamboyant trees are already almost peaking and beginning to shed a little bit. But, oh, my God, I love driving around and seeing the red and some of the yellow out there. And, uh Hopefully our cisterns are filling up, so everybody's pretty happy, except for maybe our water haulers. Uh, sorry, Dadley, but uh, we sure appreciate the rain. Uh, you got a system out there that kind of formed on us and is moving away, but we're getting remnants of it now. And there is something east of us as well that we're going to keep an eye on, but uh looks like mostly just offering some uh, some water to us. And then... Just when we're feeling resilient and strong and we're getting through everything, then the earth shakes. <laughs> and uh, holy smokes, I love talking to people about their, you know, where were you when the earthquake hit? But um, that was a noisy one. That was a little aggressive. So uh, you're going to love hearing from our uh, guest today. We've got a wonderful guest in the in the house uh, who is a uh, nurse practitioner and uh yeah, she lives on a boat, so her perspective of things like earthquakes are also a little bit different. So we'll be getting to her uh, soon. Couldn't help but notice in the newspaper, uh, when you go to the editorial sections of yesterday's paper, you get uh, you know, one editorial that's talking about crisis and crisis averted and things going on. Our, our good friend Maria Ferreras has always uh, got something uh, eye-opening to share with us. In this case, she's talking about the airport and a near shutdown. And then, of course, just to keep it appropriate, right next to it, uh, Adla, you know, as we know, Fonzie Donnerstorg did a thing about uh, post-traumatic syndrome. 
that it's still in us and many of us are in denial but the realities are when the heavy rains come and all this begins again we start thinking about it so perfect timing for for the editorial because that is what my guest is a specialist in and um, her amazing story and how she got here will be shared with you all just in a minute but uh We've had a good couple weeks. Uh, thank you for those of you out there listening to us and, and uh, along with the journey that we've all been on together. Uh, it hasn't been easy, and but uh, we are strong. We are VI strong. We are resilient. And, uh, and we continue. And, uh, you know, hopefully we've been able to give you a few tools in your toolbox as we've gone through these things, from walking on beaches and just treating your body healthily and uh, and maybe perhaps talking to somebody who's a professional and uh, there's a good party going on outside my door here but uh, anyway uh, we'll keep going with that uh, last uh, couple weeks ago we did a live show and uh, we talked about uh, rotary and all the rotary clubs of the virgin islands and all the various projects that we've been involved in um, you know some of us think of that as a form of therapy when you can actually work beyond yourself and 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 help others and so this is what this is all about, and we hope, again, you're going to take something away from today's show as well. Um, well, that's pretty much it as far as all that good, fun stuff. Um, love to do the shout-outs. Uh, I tend to say hi to Mom. I always joke, one of my fans, my two fans, my wife and, 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 uh, and my mother, who's now residing in Pennsylvania. My goodness gracious. But... Um, Let's, as the tradition uh, is uh, always with us, let's let's get into some comfortable positions. Let's put both feet on the floor. Put your hands flat if you can at a desk. If you're driving, be careful. But today, when we do our breathing, we just want to make sure that you think about positive thoughts as you breathe in through your nose and exit the breath through your mouth, also letting any negativity leave your body. This is always a nice way to cleanse yourself. It's not sighing, it's breathing. So let's do that together. Nice deep breath through your nose. And hold it. Hold it. And exhale through your mouth. Let all that negativity leave you. Nice deep breath again through your nose. And deep Feel it get all the way down into the bottom of your stomach. And hold it. And release it through your mouth. Let's do a couple of these, just a couple more. Just have some personal thoughts. Boy, I don't know about you, but those feel good. I know our friend Addy Otley over here is always waiting for these breaths, but... Do them throughout the day, folks. Sometimes when you're in the middle of some stress, you know, people talk about the three o'clock wall that people hit when their energy's low. Take some breaths throughout the day. Keep us all in a good state of mind as we do our professional work that we do. All right. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Well, I'm extremely excited about our, our guest today, <clears throat> as we have so many amazing professionals that are among us and in our community here to help us and the entire community. Um, she's a great story, and so without any uh, further delay, 
I'll uh, read a bio here of my guest today, who is Mary McVean. And uh, Mary's uh, currently a nurse practitioner with family practice, and she's over here in the Red Hook uh, area as well as St. John. Um, Mary was raised in an academic family near the Canadian border in New York State. She received her undergraduate degrees through State University of New York and was an RN, a registered nurse, for 16 years in New York, Key West, and Vermont hospitals. Specializing in intensive care and emergency care, Mary then attended uh, Pace University in New York in the early 90s and graduated with a master's and postgraduate nurse practitioners in 1995. She set up a practice in Woodstock, Vermont, and then moved to Manchester, Vermont in 1997. Her nurse practitioner career was on the cutting edge of many new beginnings. She was a practitioner selected in a Robert Wood Johnson Foundation grant for the first on-site high school clinic in the state of Vermont while carrying a full practice at her office. That's a busy woman. Uh, Mary was the first nurse practitioner to ever own a medical practice in Vermont. She's assisted in writing of language uh, to make Vermont's nurse practitioners independent in 2011. Mary was credentialed by the Southwestern Vermont Medical Center. She has spoken on numerous topics over the years publicly. She sat on a Blue Cross and Blue Shield uh, steering committee for financial support of community projects. She was an adjunct uh, professor of the University of Vermont, Dartmouth-Hitchcock uh, Medical Center, Seish uh, College in Albany, New York, um, and mentored, I, I believe, with uh, nurse practitioner students for most of her 18 years in primary care. As an avid skier, uh, and I'm assuming snow, <laughs> uh, she helped to create and work in an adaptive ski school with physically and mentally challenged people for a number of years. Mary went into emergency medicine exclusively in 2013 and was certified by the FCCS in emergency medicine in 2014. She moved with her husband to North Carolina in 2015 and prepared their well-thought-out 10-year plan of moving to the Caribbean and living on their boat. There, Mary ran the urgent care unit at Wilmington Health in Jacksonville, North Carolina, and her Red Hook job secured last spring. Mary licensed and prepared for the moving while the territory was suffering from our tragedy and uh, of Irma Maria. So literally, she got this job right before this all happened and accepted it and came down anyway. It's an amazing story. Along with her family boarding, Mary worked with bioidentity hormone replacement and menopause and andropause for more than 20 years as a nurse practitioner. She is boarded by the ANCC in family practice and is a national registered medical examiner. She practices with an um, integrated approach with her patients, and Mary is able to serve Red Hook patients in both primary and urgent care models and lives in the harbor on her boat. So that's part of this fun thing. Good morning, Mary, and welcome to Rotary Wellness Wednesday. Thank you very much, Paul. What a pleasure having you here, my goodness. It... Uh, it, you just never know. We love we love how things work. Uh, my good co-host and, and friend, Dr. Marilyn, uh, met a man once while she was in a trip 
in Atlanta, and he was a guest on our show. Uh, I kind of met you through an email that was being circulated uh, through some Rotarians. So <clears throat> fantastic how paths can cross. I know. And it's such a pleasure having you here. Um, we have some questions that, of course, we, we you know love to give you a little chance to nibble at in the beginning. But we always love to start with just the basic question. And, and the main one is... Um, you know, what does wellness mean to you, to you personally? And then how do you go about maintaining it, um, you know, in your profession? Well, as a nurse practitioner, you have to study under a, th- a theorist. And the theorist I picked was a, uh integrative theorist who believes in emotional, physical, and spiritual wellness. So I integrated that into my own life um, early on. And uh, as I moved into the actual family practice mode, I always like to look at people almost as though I'm looking at their entire tapestry of their life. And are they physically well? They could possibly have something as serious as cancer, but if they're spiritually well and mentally well, then they're really well. <laughs> they, they are a human moving through their, their territory of life. Yeah. You know, that's a common uh, denominator that's come through here, and, and we can't ever emphasize it enough, the connection between health of your physical being and your mental and spiritual self. Um, you're imbalanced if one is seemingly healthy and the other is not. And so, obviously, as an approach to actually uh, health and, and caring for others to, to identify that early on, is, I think uh, it's obviously going to be one of your strengths. Um, tell us about the thesis a little bit and uh, uh, that you did. Actually, two uh, theses. Right. Okay. Well, the first thesis uh, was the resiliency factor of uh, tr- uh, children, or actually females, that were uh, traumatized in some way. And there's you can pick a trauma, whether they were hurt in a severe accident, they were neglected, um, abused, unfortunately, or had a tragedy such as the hurricanes. Um, that entailed um, doing interviews with numerous women that were adults, and the point was part of a bigger doctoral that was based on um, women who had eating disorders. So my little piece was a master's thesis in the resiliency factor of women who grew up and did well in spite of their uh, trauma. So I was working on that, and it was stressing me out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so obviously. Um, it picked up, I had about eight qualitative researches of with different eight different women, and then you have to do all of the quotation and, and get all the information down and, and uh, collate it all. So during that, I had a friend who was a psychiatrist, and she said, something's got to come off your plate, my darling. <laughs> so I put that on the back burner in the middle of my master's and decided to go for stress management and prove how appropriate (laughs) (laughs) well I had to do something that I had to work hard on and also that would improve my ability to go back and finish that thesis so I did go back and finish it eventually I did um, I proved the nuclear family stress in um, the greater New York area that Pace University is located in and I did workshops in workout centers um, to help prove that people that don't have Uncle Joe down the road to you know mow mow the lawn or somebody to take the kids um, have a greater stress so I finished that thesis and then I went back and finished the um, the resiliency and it's so interesting because the 
um, factor that keeps the resiliency in the young woman growing up in this case. It was, I can't speak for men in this, in this thesis, but I believe that it does collate over to them, um, was that they had one, but preferably two or more mentors over a period of 18 months in their life before the age of 18 to actually make them successful, make them have the ability to graduate from school, to move on in relationships, to find the right position that they enjoy doing, and also be able to have children and, and, and gravitate towards a full, important life. Wow, that's an interesting aspect. I, I, uh, on the show, we tend to share you know, ourselves as well, and, and uh, I was a young man that moved around a lot, a lot of new schools, always seemed to go, but looking backwards on my life, I was very blessed to have people that I could talk to, you know, my whole life. Um, and as young people, it, you need a sounding board sometimes. It doesn't always have to be professional, but it needs to be a a good friend, somebody who isn't going to judge and, and let you bounce, you know, because we all know sometimes you just want to talk. And then other times you want to hear, you want you want opinions, you want someone to kind of snap you out of it a little bit and, and give you another perspective. But um, to do the study on that is an amazing thing. It, uh, like I mentioned in in a little bit earlier in the opening here about just the the local uh, uh, editorial about PSD, and and definitely I want to talk to you about that because you've got a lot of opinions and professional ones at that uh, on the subject matter. But you know we live in a very uh, tough place, you know, we've got all this beauty around us, and yet we learn to really push things down, you know, we've been talking about that now for almost two years, uh, how you doing? Fine, you know, okay, are you good? I'm good, you know, <laughs> I mean, and, and you, everything about their body language and their voice is telling you otherwise, but they're telling you they're good, and by golly, they're gonna be, you know, and, and that's okay too, I mean, we have to be strong. But we got to be able to get in touch with it, too, because uh, what we're learning, and I tell you, I'm, I've been a student of every single wonderful guest we've had on this uh, show and this program, it is in there. And, and if you identify it and at least work on getting it out, it doesn't go away quickly. I mean, it's part of our soul now, right? I mean, all these traumas that anybody has, and you mentioned several. I mean, am I wrong with that? I mean, it doesn't really ever completely leave you. It, it, no, right? that's that's why mentors help to um, bring a child who doesn't have the coping skills when the trauma happened. And the coping skills are the, the, the personality, the, the child arrests at the point of trauma. So it depends on how many and how how repetitive it is. So as the child moves on, they're missing milestones because the dendrils of their brain are still stuck back at um, something that happened. And for example, t uh, many people here after the storms noted that their children who were potty trained were no longer potty trained. It's wow. a simple, it's a simple milestone, and it's one that can sometimes be difficult for some children. Mm -hmm. But again. It's not just the two storms. It's what's going on. It's the caretakers after the storm, yep. the mom and dad that are in the National Guard now, and they've been displaced to their families. And that's when I'm getting back to that integrative health, because emotional and mental health contribute to your physical well-being. So I agree with you, people that have um, uh, that 
strong, you know, I don't know about, I'm from Vermont, and they, they say it's VT strong up there. Right, so okay. that's kind All of right. funny. We lived through Irma, yeah. um, um, not Irma, we lived through Irene. Okay. And Irene tore out 375 bridges in a tiny little state. Wow. And what would take an hour and a half to get to health care took three and a half. Right. So we, you know, so what did they come out? We're VT strong. So I find it so reassuring to live down here and say, yes, I understand that. Yeah, I joke about that. I, uh, uh, the only hurricane I've missed, uh, except for the early, you know, 1900s, um, was actually Hugo, and I was in San Francisco, and I got the great quake of San Francisco. <laughs> so you know, leave it to me to make sure I I didn't miss out on a disaster, but. Um, but surely, yeah, it is. It, it it is a part of who we are, and it also, I think, in my case, it's it's helping me not sweat the little things. You know, when when things like that happen, when when the earth shakes, you realize how you're just an ant, <laughs> you know, on the planet. <laughs> I can't stop the wind. I can't stop the earth from moving. So. Let's make the most of our daily life. Let's love each other and uh, try to look at things because that's the other thing too. When you, when you when you confront people and you, whether you go to a store, or a bank, or whatever, um, I think we should all consider that the person in front of you is, may not be exactly what you think they are just merely by looking at them. I mean, there are still a lot of blue tarps. There are still a lot of families displaced. They are starting to come back, you know, the, especially in the summer. The kids that are, have been in the States attending schools get to come back, and, and they have their own set of challenges and stresses because they want this back faster, you know? Right. And and so that's an interesting thing, too. Well, the, the Katrina, <clears throat> um, the statistics on Katrina are far more completed because of the number of years ago that it occurred. And so a lot of my research for the um, PowerPoint presentation that I'm doing for Rotary on the East End on August 21st is based on um, some of the statistics that come out of this disruption and how many uh, compounding factors from a hurricane affect children and how long it is affected. The fact that they're disrupted from school and how long they stay out, the number of schools they have to go to, the number of times they get to come back and then leave again. Yeah. That's 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 hard for them. Well, it is. I mean, it, it can also build, you know, uh, resilience if you can get through it and and if you like you said earlier, if you if you can possess the tools that that help you with that. Um, I try exactly. to say that. I try to turn my stress into fuel and and it's not easy and a lot of people may not be very successful with it, but it's important. Um do me a favor, just as we've been talking about you and all your, I mean, your journey professionally, um, the Virgin Islands. Uh, okay, we get it. A 10-year plan. Let's move to the Caribbean. Uh, you got a beautiful boat. But the hurricanes came, and you came anyway. I mean, you got here when? Um, in the second tropical band after Maria. Wow. So it was the in the early, early yeah. part of October. But um, when I got the position, I came and interviewed with uh, Syria Cal, who's um, the owner of the Red Hook Family Practice Yacht Haven, and also over in Cruise Bay um, Family Practice in uh, St. John. And so it was so wonderful. She was so great. I was so excited. Um, I was blessed to get a couple other positions on the island I interviewed for, but I said, I'm coming. So as we see the days, and I was in North Carolina on a boat, and Irma started, and I said, okay. We turned our boat around in the river of Cape Fear, uh, Cape Fear River in Wil- Wilmington. We were you know, preparing to leave, 
And um, so the first thing was that while we turned the boat around, we had a wire that was going up the window for the radio station. And I'm getting my one-way ticket, and Irma's coming. And the first thing that happens is I spill a giant glass of water on my blessed um, Mac airbook and destroy it while the (laughs) ticket is about to come up, and I'm going to push the button on my ticket. Oh, no. So that was funny. Um, Tragic, but funny. And so I got it on my husband's PC, and so, okay, we're fine. And then after Irma, I emailed uh, Dr. Callenson. Oh, I can come anytime when you're ready for me now. I'm, I'm, I got this nice job here, and I'm just going to stay. And she said, oh, God, no, I need you desperately. Yeah. Well, I lost five people. And I said, okay. So I got my one-way ticket the next day. That was when I killed the water. And um, the computer, rather. And then I went down uh, to my email a couple days later after Maria, 11 days later. And... Um, I actually got a phone call from her, and she said, I can't, in good conscience, keep you to your contract. And I said, well, I've already got the ticket. It's a one-way ticket, and I'm coming come heck or high water. Not in so many words. And she said, oh, good, we have both. So that was the beginning of the journey. I got to uh, the island by way of three or four airplanes. I got here, and then the storm, I got to a house I'd never seen before, a cottage that was 40% destroyed. My husband left that night with the boat to come down to meet me, and I have an off-grid boat, so I was so happy. I'll have my air conditioning and my electricity, and I have a washing machine, and I'm going to be just fine, and I'm just going to stay in this cottage for, you know, eight days, 28 power bars. I'm going to do it. (laughs) First day after I get down to the office, I lived above the office. It was actually a very nice place. It was just hurricane. And um, there's no power. The diesel had been taken. And, um, you know, the first day, no one was really very jovial. No one was there really to meet me but the staff. And it was because everyone was hurricane. And so I was like, this is pretty serious. About two hours into my um, waiting for the power, I found out my husband was safe and sound in Southport. And I got the satellite phone from the office and called. And actually, the person we hired had crashed our boat. And put two holes in it. So my safe and sound <laughs> turned, turned into the actual, uh, I felt so equalized with everyone. And I just knew then after 10-year plan that I was sent here for a reason. I wasn't really sent here to enjoy myself. Yeah, I, you know, and, yeah. and I strive for that. So that was good. What an amazing story. And, and you had so many reasons to just say, that's it. You know, love y'all. I'll come back and visit another time. Oh, yeah. But you were dedicated. And, and you hit the, hit it on a nose that a lot of folks don't even also consider. We knew we had families that split. We knew we had, you know, displaced uh, folks. But we lost a lot of the professionals, too. And... Um, the Virgin Islands, when you have a small community like we have, there's a lot of medical practitioners that have uh, an office here they share with somebody, and they have a full practice somewhere in, in the United Correct. States, and yes. then they come. That started stopping. Uh, we've been blessed for many, many, many years to have uh, traveling nurses in our hospitals, and, and especially in emergency care, which is a blessing again. And 
it was tough. Um, yeah, the, doc, the literally the army took over the hospital, right. at least for the urgent care. Right. Um, well, it's, and Dr. Akella had her office up and running. Yeah. The the what, what who was left were very de- dedicated. Yeah. Um, and we have they all get. I mean, we opened. I was not there at that moment. They opened for the four hours if they could get there and saw whatever came through the door. As we you all know, we had no phones until April yeah. of 2018. So it was a lot of like. If you know you're open, they will come, yeah. and and it was a really positive time for um, people. When I first got here, we were still in that uh, yeah. uh, time of curfew, and but everyone was was so thankful. No, it, absolutely. How many meals we all had together? Lots of hugging yes. and just. You know, it it was bad, but uh, we could find something worse if we wanted oh, to. No. You know, and and so you're right. Um, and again, I just came out of a meeting a, a couple weeks ago that they're really trying to learn from these events. And unfortunately, when we've had so many, we're getting pretty darn good at it. But one of the topics I had brought up was that very thing was diesel. Uh, the the you know federal government tried to control who got it, and they were really more thinking about airports and power and and other things and municipal places, and they didn't think about private practices, doctors' offices, um, you know, hotels that were housing people. I mean, we all scrambled pretty hard for it, so hopefully that'll be better. Um, Moving on into a little bit more of you, uh, I think uh, I get to ask questions that, that maybe the listening audience may or may not be aware of. The difference between, say, a, uh, a uh, registered nurse and a uh, practitioner. Right? An uh, advanced yeah. practice? Yeah. All right. Um, well, the registered nurse has an option of going to an associate degree, a baccalaureate degree, a master's degree, or a Ph.D. Um, that takes them down the nursing role. An advanced practice nurse pra- or nurse practitioner is moving from the um, uh, uh, treatment modality followed by orders from a physician or maybe the creative part of getting immunizations set up for states and my my friends have gone in all directions over the last 30 some years of me having an RN as well Mm -hmm. and we all have very valuable jobs as nurses a nurse practitioner steps more into the arena of the diagnostic and treatment plan in other words what a physician does it was created in um Telluride, Colorado, back uh, over 55 years ago, um, there were no pediatricians in Colorado, so right. they decided to take some of their um, veteran pediatric nurses and put them in the internship program at the medical school, and that was back when they didn't need any other higher education besides an RN, whatever that was. We've progressed over the last half century, and now we need a doctorate, um, a, a DNP, a doctor and nurse practitioner, uh, for the current uh, since 2014, I believe, and um, and it's more clinically oriented. You also uh, the nurse can also get a, a PhD and a DNP combined. Um, but we're able wow. to do all of the things with uh, certifications. You'll note that I was um, certified by emergency medicine. You have to go back and take those courses. Mm-hmm. And as a nurse practitioner, you can have a, a specialty in acute care. I chose family because of the um, ruralness of Vermont and the fact that if you went to a small town in Vermont, you needed to see children as well. And a lot of it was to do with the um, way the insurance product worked. And so I chose family practice after being in trauma and in critical care for 16 years. 
That's great, and that's that's also just a great way to, to realize that things morph and adapt to surroundings. I mean, uh, general practitioners and nurse practitioners. I mean, there's very little you can't do. So, and um, and then in your case, now working in a facility like you have, there's always somebody that you know is maybe specializes in something. But but you have your specialties as well, and uh, I'd like to actually talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, why concerned about the post-traumatic stress? Uh, in our youth, but in in youth in general, because um, that clearly seems to be a direction in which you've headed. Um, and maybe throughout this uh, conversation, you you mentioned the difference between the post traumatic stress and then the D. Oh yeah, <laughs> with the, the, the D word. <laughs> the D right, word. Right. Right. Well, I must say, I really enjoyed the podcast that Dr. Noreen um, brought, brought here, and um, and the community needs assessment. Yeah, I was thank you. Um, going through that, um, I, I think I wrote you and said I'm swinging around a morning reading this. It's a 200-page uh, product of just sheer ambition and um, digging, and it was interesting that I was actually yeah. already reading some of the research that was compiled in this community assessment. Yeah. So what I was concerned about when I first got here was, that, was the stress that the children were under. Um, knowing full well that they hadn't gone back to school for a month and they needed to go to two different schools or, you know, split their schools for four hours and then three of the schools were completely shuttered. And that disruption and the compound of two uh, traumatic Cat 5s was on my mind when I saw these children in the office um, on a daily basis. And so that's what started me looking at, um, you know, what are we doing clearly? What can we do? And I have a, a friend I've met on the dock that's um, in Rotary, and he kept saying, Mayor, when are you going to have a lecture? What do you want to do it on? You know, and I'm like, well, what do you want me to do it on? And so he said, well, what do you, what do you know in the office? I said, the kids. So that's what started it all. And, um, you know, we won't be able to t- assess the total numbers from um, our experience. Uh, Noreen Michael uh, mentioned that. And so I went back to the Katrina point, and I just know that we need um, something to to help progress the children. There's lots of different modalities out there. Um, we, we, have, we do have mental health here on the island. Um, the numbers that they're coming up with in the community needs assessment was 6 out of 10 children. So when you look at the amount of mental health, which we do have, yeah. um, and the number of children, and then how they're going to get there, that may not be something that parents want to choose. So I kind of started looking at my thesis and how the mentoring was helping. And so that's how I wanted to pursue um, some of the, the not-so-good statistics of what happens if we do nothing. And it's lower uh, overall economic uh uh, when they uh, grow up and are adults, delayed motor development as children and later on, lower IQs, more behavioral problems, lower test scores, and this is all solid research from uh, Katrina. Yeah. So what can we do? And so um, because they can't process loss um, and the children that are being cared for by stressed out people, I think the greatest asset we have on this island right now are all the communities um, community action things that we have for children, the sailing, the sailing people. I know a, a man named Jimmy who does sailing, takes kids out on the weekend. Yeah. The character building, the, the come and watch me um, here, you can do this, giving them the autonomy 
that they know they have a talent. Um, the, uh, the humane societies, the, yeah. the the boxing groups. I mean, yeah. if I could name everyone, I would be doing it for hours. You're not kidding. And, so. and we've tried to have some of those folks here with my brother's workshop, the Boys and Girls yes, Club. It goes on and on. It it, yeah. it is. And and we're all different. So you know, hopefully, kids uh, can find different ways. We've had guests on our show that. Uh, after the hurricanes, we're doing puppet shows and letting the kids create the characters and the villains. Yeah. And ironically, the villain was, of course, the hurricane. <laughs> and they'd chase it away at the end, and that was adorable. And there's Iggy, the iguana, this gigantic iguana that... It's the play therapy know, that's really good with it them. It is, yeah. you know. And, and uh, there's been books that have come out, uh, and on and on and on. But, uh, yeah, really, it, it's... The, the the assessment that came out, part of the th- part that I found so fascinating, too, is that number is so high in the kids that you just mentioned, 6 and 10, 60%. Um, and that was also a year after the storm. Because mm-hmm. that's the other thing that, that people have to take in mind. I mean, it... it this, the, the, the diligence that these folks had to get the information is is now been like you're saying it's being referenced across many other uh, organizations and and groups, but nothing is more valuable than that hardcore statistical knowledge. So it's not just a an idea. I think you know that that, right. that kids are affected. They are, and and our kids are our future. And so you know, as adults and parents, it's so hard that we have our own stresses. But we must pay attention to the kids. I think that having a, a life that has good and bad in it is is normal. Yeah. Um, I believe that we all have had trauma, even you know, as little kids. Um, I remember thunder and lightning being a particularly uh, problematic one for a friend of mine when I was little, and you know, those things we can weave into a, a, a tapestry of good and of uh, the good things because we experience wonderful things in life, and if we can talk about it, work through it, and re retrain that reaction to um, something traumatic. Um, I took a lady swimming that was so afraid of the water, and I got her to get a snorkel on, and her husband's a diver. And that was like such a wonderful experience because that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. You can mentor your grandmother, okay? (laughs) You can mentor. Sure you can. But the children is what I focused on for this particular talk um, I'm having in August. But whatever comes your way is something that you need to accept, digest, and work through, or you're just going to be confronted over and over with it. So it sounds like, uh, you know, that that you're also tying together the work and the due diligence that you've done, the research you did in the 90s with the resilience thesis. Um, So you've made this come to play here in well, obviously, in choosing number one to be here, but now choosing the direction in which you want to focus on as well. Um, it was really interesting, I find. Um, so what, you know, what are you proposing um, that will help these children here in the in the VI and, and, and moving forward? 
Well, um, I'm going to try to connect with more of the Rotary folks. There's a beautiful group of Rotary here on the island. I'm really impressed um, to get to find more information about different places. I connected with the My Brother's Workshop folks and um, just to try to get uh, put a little bug in the ear that what, what can we do to reach out? And the schools have done it and other practices have done it. It's not like I'm the only one thinking about this. Oh, I'm, no. I'm just here to say I'm on board with whatever we can get together. Um, my dad was actually the president of Rotary in my little town so uh, for years. So nice. Rotary for me um, in Woodstock, Vermont, as well as in Woodstock Rotary. And um, we, you know, this has been a great um, theme throughout my lifetime is to give to the community. So I think I'm one of many, not just the only one. Um, but I'm glad that someone actually wanted to bring forward. And the, you know, to get to the D thing, we forgot the Yeah, D no, thing. I was going to yeah. head there, so thank yeah. you. Yes, yes. Um, okay, so I, throughout my research, I picked up an article thanks to a colleague of mine. And what we're talking about, by the way, is, is post-traumatic syndrome. Disorder versus yeah. disorder, throwing the D at the end of it. Right. Yes. So, so PTSD has been out there, and it first came to um, to attention um, when the military vets were coming back from Afghanistan, and they were all labeled with it. And we all know that we can't forget what happened to us. Um, we can work with it and make it better. However, so they felt that they were being labeled. Uh, many of them try to be policemen, and you know, here they have on their their medical history PTSD, and that means it's not going away. We can all deal again. Getting back to the integrative approach, we can weave in the the cancer or the post-traumatic stress and we can handle it and we can be healthy individuals but the post-traumatic stress disorder label was beginning to encroach in a lot of people's lives because they're working with it so that's why um, a, a particular uh, author or writer in New York was held at, um, in, uh, hostage in, a, in a, a coffee shop and she wrote this great article on can we just call it post-traumatic stress if you are in healthcare, you know that you have to have a diagnosis code to get treatment. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So, so this that is an insurance is, thing yeah. in some respect. Well, and you know, interestingly enough, if you go back to why autism wasn't being handled in the 70s, there was no code for it. Right. And it wasn't until a mother and a um, physician decided that she would have to get the CPT code book to change it to become a disorder. So we are in a bit of a conundrum here of whether we're going to be able to get the D off it. But right now, I'm hopeful that people out there want to know that, yeah, I've got that, just like I have diabetes, but I'm going to handle this. Right. You don't t you don't send a, a child with um, hyperactivity disorder um, to the principal's office for their you help learn how to treat it in the classroom. That would be saying, well, I'm going to send the diabetic student to the principal's office because they need a mid-morning snack. You know, we have to look at this as something that we are working with, not just labeling and um, giving medication for, even though medication's helpful. And nobody likes labels. I mean, that's we, we've talked about that much on this show. Um, you know, it, people resist help. They resist professional assistance. Um, they think something must be wrong if I need to talk to a professional mm -hmm. when, in fact... 
um, if you ever talk with professionals, they talk to professionals, you know, <laughs> because they're acutely aware um, and, and their jobs are so stressful that they need it and they recognize the benefit of, of talking to others. Hence my stress management thesis prior to my right. resiliency it, thesis. But, but brilliant. I mean, my daughter just went through this, the master's while she was teaching, while she was working, while she was, you know, donating time and part of a wonderful uh, program out there in, in the West Coast, but oh my goodness, was that girl stressed out. Um, and uh, so yes, I can I can see it, and, and it's funny seeing her now. I mean, it literally the proverbial, you know, 800-pound gorilla off her back, because um, she has this weird thing called time now, you know, <laughs> it's like, <clears throat> but, uh, but when you, like yourself, you've dedicated so much of your time and yourself to learning your craft, learning your profession, only to be able to give it back to others speaks very loudly about you and your character. So we're blessed blessed to have you join our community um, here. And and again, it is amazing. And and we love to just get folks like you on these shows and and help you meet other people, you know, in this field and stuff. We've got a great group from Insight. Uh, that's come now a couple times. Um, you know, we've we've talked to people uh, over at uh, the Healing Tree. Uh, I saw those pa- some of the podcasts. Yeah, they they do a sound bath and uh, and other physical therapy because sometimes people think just physical therapy is just muscles and stretches and right. this agonizing you know uh, rehabilitation. When in fact, again, the holistic approach with your mind, body, and soul. The recovery is quicker and probably long-lasting and, and better, you know. I have a funny story, really quick. That's okay. My um, my son had um, been diagnosed with numerous um, constellations of aut- autism and Asperger's, and um, okay. I had 45 puppets, okay? <laughs> I had a little preschool I put him in <clears throat> when he was a little. I started it so he could come because I knew something was going on with him. Anyway, as he grew up, he um, had a trauma. He had fallen at the pizza place and cut his lip open. And I was at night school. So his dad took him to the emergency room and they mummied him and stuck needles in his face and sewed him up. Mummied being wrapped in sheets. Well, wow. that was just as traumatic as anything. So every morning, I was Dr. Squirrel and he was mousy. And he would come running in my room. Oh, I, I, I cut myself. He's screaming. Wow. <laughs> Top of his lungs. This was an every morning thing for months. And then I would have to come out and I'm like, oh, it's okay. You know, we do this little play act. And then he would be able to scream as loudly as he wanted to. Mm-hmm. And he would be able to do how he would have reacted. So we would have to have an extra half hour in the morning at, to get up before I went to my internships, which, which I was finishing MP school and doing internships in the daytime. And uh, it was so helpful that when he left for college, he took Mousy with him. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and there you have it. Uh, <laughs> you know what? And then again, whatever it takes, right? right. I mean, ultimately, this is what we're talking about. Um, you know, it's so funny. You've touched on so many things today. I mean, we could almost do a show on each and every one of them. Um, but it's important uh, to just keep focusing on it. But um it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, so as far as like locally, uh, but helping the kids. Um, so you've got a, a presentation that you do uh, for those who may want to hear it. Um, you know, being that there are several Rotary Clubs on the island, um, 
I believe you're referring to Rotary uh, St. Thomas East. Eastern, yes. Yeah, a great core of folks. In fact, we had their president, uh, President uh, Fran Brown, here uh, a couple weeks ago uh, with the president from my Rotary Club, Rotary Club of St. Thomas, uh, with Ben Kraft. But um, we would love to get you at our, at our uh, show as well, I mean, our lunch that we do, and let you... Uh, present because that's how it works isn't it you know you get the word out and then they talk about the the show and it goes on and it goes on and um yeah it's much more yeah. formal you know you have to have your um sightings from where you find your research and and it's interesting that a lot of the research i found online it was in the community needs assessment um mm. <laughs> i yeah. kept knowing oh there's there's coffee there's this one there's that one so that but it is more formal and it's funny because fran brown was actually from upstate new york northern that's new york right. from, <laughs> and is. that's when we first met he's like you you're up from you're one of us you know and i'm like no i'm one of us <laughs> down here <laughs> it's interesting it is and and again uh, the the richness of our community with all of our various characters that uh well um you know before we give uh, some closing thoughts uh we always always like to uh also just uh not shameless but do some plugs uh if somebody was interested in in contacting you i don't know if you're comfortable with sharing a, an email address or perhaps uh the office's uh information right. sure um well at um, the main office is red hook family practice and uh, that is in the east end um um, the, the Red Hook Family Plaza, or the Red Hook Plaza, rather, and the number is seven seven five two three zero three. We have some wonderful people, integrative people. I, um, there's a wonderful PA, Ali Kashim, who's actually um, acupuncturist. Uh, we have nurse midwives, uh, Fran and uh, Veronica there, and they do uh, prenatal, as well as Judy Whitley. Um, we have uh, some great skin. I do also do skin issues, uh, along with Dr. Hartshorn and Dr. Akal. I'm hoping no one's upset I'm missing anybody here. Um, <laughs> um, but we have an orthopedic uh, spe and specialist who came back from the storms. Um, she left Kristen. Uh, Schiller had to go because of uh, her husband's job at the West, and, and she worked 18 months um, with a very uh, well-acclaimed uh, orthopedic group in Colorado, and now she's back. Um, Dr. Hall and Dr. Ellett have their own followings. They're wonderful, and they're with us. Um, and then a brand-new doctor, Dr. Burnett uh, and Karen Burnett, and she's just moved to the island and has a wonderful practice already. We work together. We cover each other. We're good team members. Um, and uh, Shelly Tebow comes on Saturdays. We're starting to open Saturday. And we're also starting to do expanded hours. I'm not, I don't have a start date on that. But for those people that need to go to work, they can actually get to see us at 7 in the morning and also staying late late into the um, more evening hours. Right. Those are some of our goals, expanding maybe down in uh, Yacht Haven. We have a lot of patients that want to get to us, and we're trying really hard to make that happen for them. Yeah, it's good that everybody realizes that, that uh, it's not just a, a, a doctor's office, so to speak, you know, that there's a, a wealth of knowledge and a variety of treatments and people there. Um, on a little island like this and anywhere, you, you want to try to develop relationships with your doctor so they get to know you as a human being and uh, a physical f being as well as spiritual, but uh, 
but it's important because things change. Well, and I also think know. that our staff is wonderful. Our nurses, we have yeah. a lot of new, um, we have a lot oh, of good. RNs in our practice. We know Maggie, of course, over there. And I you know. know. She's Maggie, been there forever. Maggie, uh, Maggie Day. Yeah, Maggie Day is the, is the, uh, this, uh, the root of the tree, you know, she just yeah. keeps us all, <laughs> keeps us all going. Well, you know, in the time they also used to offer for for us resorts and stuff, some some even emergency care and, oh, and, yeah, and late are. night stuff, and and gosh, gosh, you just never know. We're um, starting that again. It's yeah. just that we had to wait for the resorts to start. Absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, guys, it's it's we're pushing two years. We're still working on getting back to where we were all right well fantastic well um sometimes i end the show with uh, a thought or a quote or something but uh, but you had one today that you wanted to share with us so right. i'd love and and the fact that uh, the year it was written uh, maybe you tell us at the end because i found that that to be quite interesting as well okay i'll tell you at the end who wrote it and what it's about perfect um and I, I guess I have to preface this by saying what, that um, that the guest house is uh, speaking of the human being as being a guest house. So the guest house, this being human is a guest house. Every morning a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them all at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whatever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. Wow. And this guy was born in 1207. Right. Um, He was originally uh, from Persia, which is present-day Afghanistan. His name is Jalaluddin Rumi, and this translation came from Coleman Barks. Right. I love it. I love it. It's introspective. Um, you know, I've always said in, in other practices or just simply swimming and snorkeling, don't fear, respect, you know, exactly. and, uh, and, and, and accepting this and, and just saying somebody must have a plan, you know, whether okay. you're religious and you want to say God or you just want to say something's greater than I am. Uh, it's been happening for so long. Yes. This man is explaining exactly. Twelve hundreds. <laughs> yes, like, I just my I read this and I was like, I've got to keep this. Yeah. This is a beautiful way to put things in perspective. Yeah, a, a mere eight hundred years ago. So, yeah. um, amazing. And thank you. And thank you. I mean, for being here today. What a wonderful guest. Um, We'll keep Thanks, in touch Paul. with you. Thanks, yeah. Paul. Oh, it's been and, fun. Well, good. I know Marilyn, wherever she is, she's smiling because uh, uh, it, takes, it takes effort to do these things. It takes some work to, to organize and, and get everybody here together and, and, and try to make this conversation meaningful because, like I said, um, friends of mine who know me always tease me. They go, wow, you were really stressed out. You really needed to create a show like this. Huh? And I'm like, well, I guess so. Um, and it didn't come originally from me, but uh, now that I'm doing the research, uh, for those of you who kind of heard about us out there, uh, we do now have live 
uh, podcasts, I should say, out there. Um, we originally were on one uh, platform called Buzzsprouts, but now uh, any of you out there with Apple phones, your iPhones, you can go to the iPad, uh, uh, iPod, I'm sorry, podcast uh, app and literally touch it and write in Rotary Wellness Wednesdays with an S. And lo and behold, you'll see my great co-host and my smiley little face. And uh, as I'm getting a thumbs up over here from from Mel, the man who's doing all the editing for me, which has been so important. Uh, I'd like to think I have some skill sets, but clearly once I tried to get into the world of editing, I realized my limitations. <laughs> and uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a job best left for professionals. So Mel uh, Walters is taking good care of us. Um, my goodness, I believe I have 12 hours of, of broadcasts out there currently. Uh, I just mentioned that today was our 52nd uh, show. Um, and, uh, of course, my dear friend Marilyn will be back next week, and she'll be guiding us through another meaningful and uh, amazing conversation, I'm sure. We're going to make her share some of her uh, stories of travel. Um, what did I want to share? Oh, yeah, one other parting little thing. Because, you know, we are VI proud as well. Um, Aaliyah Boston, come on, our local basketball star, heard her sister. But Aaliyah uh, was on Team USA in the women's oh, wow. under-19 basketball. And they uh, were in a tournament in Thailand, and they brought oh. back gold so she is a star and she is rising through the ranks and for those of you who have never seen um her play actually uh paradise jam will be here in november the the thanksgiving tournament over at uvi and uh and you'll get to see her in all of her strength uh her mom, Cleon Boston, a wonderful woman in her own right who started Miracle Babies on Island, um, went out there and solicited for fundraising and, and uh, means of uh, having better emergency infant care at, mm-hmm. at our uh, hospital. So she was able to, to raise some money to, to go watch her daughter in, in this amazing arena. So uh, cool. congratulations, Boston family. And on that note, let's all be safe, let's be kind, let's treat each other well, and we'll have you back here again for Rotary Wellness Wednesday next week. Thank you very much.